أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن ندى الرسول الله حي على صلاة حي على صلاة الفلاح حي على الفلاح الله أكبر الله لا إله إلا الله بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي ونسلم على رسوله الكريم ما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم آمن الرسول بما أنزل إليه من ربه والمؤمنون فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أعطيت خواتيم سورة البقرة من كنز تحت العرش ولم يؤتهن نبي قبلي وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام من قرأ في ليلة كفتاه أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين in the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention or imposes upon the believers many laws, many commandments of sharia. And the surah, one is being the longest surah, also holds very great virtue. There have been numerous virtues mentioned in the hadith regarding the surah in general and specifically regarding determining verses of the surah. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has mentioned that these surahs, the person who will recite determining verses of surah al-Baqarah, then these verses will suffice him. Recite it before terminating or before going to bed. That person who will recite these verses these verses will suffice him. So there are two explanations given regarding what is meant by these verses will suffice him. One explanation is that these verses will suffice on behalf of every recitation. There's no need for him to recite anything else. Or it may suffice on behalf of reading Salatul Tahajjud as well. The other meaning that is given is that this will suffice him as far as a protection from every form of evil. So these verses commencing from Aman al-Rasul which we all generally know, آمَنَ الرَّسُولُ بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ رَبِّهِ وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ 
till the end of the surah, these verses were revealed in a very, very special occasion upon a special person. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Jibreel alayhi salam was once seated by Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And while seated with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam heard a loud creaking sound. So Jibreel alayhi salam extended his gaze to the heaven and he informed Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that today a door of the heavens has opened which was never opened before. And then he informed Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and from this door an angel has emerged which has never emerged before. And this angel then descended on the earth and came to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was told that this angel did not set foot on the face of this earth before this occasion. And then this angel comes to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he says, receive glad tidings of two nurs, of two, na- two lights, if which regarding which if any of your Nabi, of your ummatis, any of your followers have to recite any of these verses, then whatever he asks will definitely be granted to him. The first was the Surah Al-Fatiha, and the second was the concluding verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. And this angel then informed Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, لَمْ يُعْطَهُنَّ نَبِيٌّ قَبْلَكَ No Nabi before you was granted these lights, these two great blessings, Surah Al-Fatiha, and the concluding verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. In yet another hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, That I had been granted these concluding verses of Surah Al-Baqarah from a treasure beneath the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so great are these verses that no Nabi before Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was granted them. It is because of these numerous virtues that Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu used to say that I do not know of any person who has some intellect that will not retire to bed before reading these verses. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam even advised us that not only should you learn these verses but teach them to your children and your wives as well. So these are very, very great verses as explained the numerous virtues in the hadith. But together with these verses having these numerous virtues, these verses also have a very profound message. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has explained in the surah many commandments, many laws of sharia were revealed in the surah. Thus, by concluding with these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so to say highlights to us that what should be our mindset and our outlook when receiving the various laws and commandments of deen. So the commencement of these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, آمَنَ الرَّسُولُ بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ رَبِّهِ وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the messenger of Allah, has believed in whatever was revealed to him, as well as the believers. The Mufassirun explained that here in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not join al-Rasul wal-Mu'minun together. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not say that the believers and the, mes- and, the, and the messenger together accepted Islam, believed in whatever was revealed to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Although the articles of faith were exactly the same, that which Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam believed in, and that which the followers of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the believers who will believe in, are exactly the same. But this differentiation was to show the lofty position of the iman of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That the iman of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam can never be compared to the iman of all the believers. On account of it having a very high rank. So this highlights to us the importance of a person's 
Belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, iman. This is a very, very great, very, very valuable gift. And sometimes we take this gift for granted. So it is important that we value it, especially in this time where there is a full out attack to try and snatch away our iman. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on, كُلٌّ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرُسُلِهِ Every one of them believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His angels and His divine books. His messengers and his divine books. So this verse was a testimony to the iman of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum that they accepted wholeheartedly, accepted every commandment of deen and they brought iman in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa And this response that was mentioned in the following verse, وَقَالُوا سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا And they said, we have heard and we have obeyed. So this was the response of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum when a certain law, a certain commandment was revealed upon them. And outwardly it seemed difficult for them to practice on it. But they did not object like, and they did not respond in the manner that the Jews responded. In the very same surah, Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of the covenant that was taken from the Banu Israel. وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَكُمْ وَرَفَعْنَا فَوْقَكُمْ الطُورِ خُذُوا مَا آتَيْنَاكُمْ بِقُوَّةٍ وَاسْمَعُوا That when we took the covenant from you, and we said, take what you have been commanded and listen. They responded by saying that we have heard and we have disobeyed. We will not follow what you are commanding us. So that the response of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala was in total contrast to the response of the Banu Israel. They wholeheartedly submitted and surrendered themselves to the commandments of deen. Here in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights to us the importance of submission to the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether it conforms to our reason, whether it does not conform to our reason. If a person finds something difficult, then he should attribute it to his own weakness. He should not now object to any command or any law of deen. Because of him failing to carry it out, or failing to understand it. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on, لَا نُفَرِّقُ بَيْنَ أَحَدٍ مِّن رُسُلِهِ We do not differentiate between any of his messengers. This is the speciality of the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that we believe and we accept every one of the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, we believe in all, but we only follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Unlike the previous nations, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has discussed even regarding the Banu Israel, فَرِيقًا كَذَّبُوا وَفَرِيقًا يَقْتُلُونَ That they had accepted, they rejected a group from the Prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they even went to the extent of even killing some of the Prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this ummah, the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is our speciality that we believe in all the Anbiya alayhi wa But yes, we follow only Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In fact, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has highlighted this, the importance of only following Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Unlike what is being pushed by the West today, to try and attribute all religions to one religion of the Abrahamic accord. So this is totally in contrast to the teaching of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has clearly stated, وَالَّذِي نَفْسُ مُحَمَّدٍ بِيَدِهِ By that being in whose control lies the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. لَا يَسْمَعُ بِي أَحَدٌ مِّنْ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ يَهُودِيٌّ وَلَا نَصْرَانِيٌّ There is not a single person from this nation who will hear regarding me, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whether he be a, Christ, a Christian or a Jew, وَلَمْ يُؤْمِنْ بِالَّذِي أُرْسِلْتُ بِهِ 
And thereafter he does not believe in that which I have been sent with. He does not follow the teachings of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. إِلَّا كَانَ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ النَّارِ Except that that person will be from the people of Jahannam. So this clearly states and highlights that success and salvation is only in following the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sent and as the final Nabi and put an end to all the previous nations and the previous Anbiya salam and the previous laws of deen. Now it is only the sharia of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that will be applicable. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next verse that was already mentioned, وَقَالُوا سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا غُفْرَانَكَ رَبَّنَا وَإِلَيْكَ الْمَصِيرِ We seek your forgiveness, O our Rabb, to you alone is our return. So this highlights to us the concern of hereafter. A person who believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he has the concern of him returning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The concern of the hereafter and the response of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum can be understood from the incident of Badr, when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had departed from Medina Munawwara, initially the plan was to intervene this caravan of trade of the Quraysh. And en route, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam became aware that the army of the Quraysh are now coming to attack the Muslims. So now the whole objective had changed. Initially it was just to intercept this caravan and now it became to fight against the disbelievers. So the response of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum on that occasion highlights their total submission to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hazrat Miqdad ibn al-Aswad radiallahu anhu tells Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Yanu Nabi of Allah, you go ahead with whatever is your intention. We will not say to you like how the Banu Israel said to Nabi, Nabi Musa alayhi salam, Idhab anta wa rabbuk faqatila inna haahuna qa'idun. That you and your Rabb go and fight, we will remain seated here. But rather we will fight on your right, on your left, from in front of you and from behind you. And we will be with you wherever you go. This was the response of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Highlighting to us, this should be our response to any of the commandments of deen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on, لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not impose upon any soul except that which is within its capacity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not impose such laws, such commandments of deen, which are beyond the person to fulfill. So this teaches us that when we have this sometimes this misconception that in this era it's impossible for a person to live a life of piety or for a person to refrain from dealing in interest or for a person to refrain from evil. So this is in contradiction to this verse because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not have imposed upon us an action which is beyond us to fulfill, which is beyond our ability to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on, لَهَا مَا كَسَبَتْ وَعَلَيْهَا مَا كَسَبَتْ For it, referring to every soul, for every soul will be the benefits and the rewards of what it had earned. And against every soul will be the detriment or the consequences, the evil consequences of the deeds that it had carried out. So whatever good a person does in this world, he will find the good in this world and in the year after. And if a person has to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you will find the outcome, the evil consequences of that. If not in this world, then in the hereafter. Then Allah subhanahu wa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concludes the surah by teaching us few du'as. So that we may make these du'as and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes to grant us from these duas. The first dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us, Rabbana la tu'akhidna in nasina aw akhtana. That, O oh, our Rabb, do not take us into account if we forget or we err or we make a mistake. If we have to make a mistake and forget and because of that violate some of your commands, then O oh, Rabb, do not take us to task. Do not hold us accountable in your court. رَبَّنَا وَلَا تَحْمِلْ عَلَيْنَا إِصْرًا كَمَا حَمَلْتَهُ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِنَا And do not impose upon us such a burden like you have imposed upon those before us. So this refers to the stringent laws that were found in the previous nations through the blessings of being the followers of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the laws much more relaxed as compared to the laws of the previous nations. Just for an example, if in the previous nations, their clothing had to be soiled with some impurity, then in order to purify it, they had to either burn that part of their clothing or cut it off. Similarly, for certain crimes, the forgiveness or the repentance for that crime was that they had to kill each other. So those were the stringent laws that were in the previous nations. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it easy and teaches us this dua to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make the laws easy. Unlike the previous nations. And O our Rabb, do not burden us, do not impose upon us such a burden like how you have imposed upon those before us. That which we do not have the ability. So this refers to difficulties, conditions. That O Allah, do not impose upon us, do not bring upon us such conditions, such difficulties which we are not able to overcome. So in this dua, a person is asking for safety from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from difficulties and challenges, which he will not be able to overcome. And then finally, And forgive us, and grant us pardon, and show mercy unto us. You are our guardian. Therefore help and assist us against the disbelieving nation. So these verses, these concluding verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us these duas so that we may ask of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as mentioned, the great virtue which we should all try to learn these verses and practice on these verses while reflecting over the meanings contained in these verses. And as explained, the virtue of reciting it before retiring to bed that this, these verses will suffice a person for every recitation or it will be a means of protection from every evil. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to practice on whatever has been said.